from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. It seemed like it just calmed the area when you hear the bells every hour. They're going, the bells are not ringing anymore. We want the bells to ring again. You're going to bring those bells back. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) While he was at the funeral, the person got up and started singing this gospel song. And he started getting goosebumps. And people started shouting and praising the Lord. And he looking and he said, and I started crying. And I said, well, that's it. Gospel music reaches the soul. You know, and he said, well, I get it. So I invited him to church. <laughs> so you want to create that moment for people that who moment. maybe haven't set foot in a church where gospel Absolutely. music is played. I'm Sarah Fenske. When Monica Butler got serious about bringing a gospel music hall of fame to St. Louis, she knew right away where it should go, the Second Baptist Church in the city's central west end. She lived nearby as a kid and grew up to the sounds of gospel songs wafting from the sanctuary. Monica's mother, Jacqueline, even sang on site with the St. Louis Interfaith Choir and the O'Neill Twins. Gospel was big in St. Louis. The 1992 album Live from St. Louis is just one example. He keeps on making a way for me. Doors are open. Now I'm able to see. I can truly say that the Lord has made a way. Oh, yeah. He keeps on making a way for me. And that is He Keeps Making Away. That's from the album Live in St. Louis, showing off the great gospel music created in the Gateway City. Now, Monica Butler's dreams of opening the Gospel Music Hall of Fame ran into complications when the Second Baptist Church caught fire last fall. But she is not giving up, and she joins us today with the latest. Monica Butler, welcome. Thank you so much. Oh, my God, you're going to make me cry just listening to the music. The music is wonderful, it's isn't wonderful. it? It's wonderful. It's wonderful. And everything you said is so true. Just to see the Second Baptist Church, uh, 500 North Kings Highway, beautiful sanctuary sitting there vacant for so long. I mean, over a decade it's been sitting vacant. And uh, I remember the days of going in there as a young person uh, for gospel concerts, revivals, and Uh, different things of that sort. And so to preserve it, first of all, the building in a historic area called Holy Corners, it's like we have to revive the Holy Corners. So I'm I'm very excited about that. And just with my mother's history with the O'Neill Twins and the Interfaith Choir doing that documentary film back in 1982, Save Man Somebody, I just feel like uh, we need to preserve our history Mm -hmm. in gospel music and then still educate others about the history of gospel music. And from then, to now. 
Yeah, I mean, it's a great story. But I know so many people were really worried when they heard that building had caught fire. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of the this thing where people are like, what, what does this mean? What does this mean for the Gospel Music Hall of Fame? How bad was the damage from that fire? Well, actually, I was actually in Jefferson City. I'm also a television and film producer. So I've been talking to a lot of politicians about passing the film uh, incentives for the tax credits. Get a film industry going again exactly, in Missouri. Exactly, in Missouri, you know, so, so that was like my initial thought process with this film being done back in 82 to do the next version of it because I felt like the story doesn't end, you know. So uh, that was my whole initiative to redo that project. Uh, so with that being said, I got a call <laughs> from the fire department oh, no. saying, the church that you got a contract on is on fire. I was like, what? <laughs> Did somebody do this on purpose? What's going on? You know, but however, uh, it shocked me. The initial shock was just phenomenal. Uh, my heart just felt like it was ripped out of my body. Yeah. But um, I did find out later that it was just contained to the steeple of the church. And uh, I have wonderful developers that's working with me, the Lawrence Group. They're the and people behind City Foundries. Absolutely. The biggest project to open in St. Louis in a long time. These are, these are your partners. These are my partners, and they are phenomenal. So, of course, I called them crying. They're like, y'all going to be able to save it? You know, and so they, they said, yes, you know, not a problem. Uh, it's contained to the steeple. They made me feel like, oh, we could just brush it off. And, you wow. know, I mean, you know. <laughs> That's so, some I confidence. Mean, oh, my God, they, this this company, the Lawrence Group and New and Found, uh, Steve Smith over there, they are phenomenal company. And they believe in restoring these old historic buildings and bringing things back to life after seeing what they've done with the foundry. I was like, those are my guys, you know, so I'm really excited about that. Yeah, that's great. And and so you had raised this question of what, did somebody do this on purpose? Do, do we know what, what caused this fire to start? Well, uh, you know, I don't know officially. I think one of the last uh, statements that I got was from the fire department saying that I think a couple of nights before uh, some lightning might have struck it because oh, it started okay. at the top and it just smoldering over the time and it just ignited. So it probably was a bunch of debris or something at the top of the church, which is known. You look at the top of some of, some of these old buildings, you see trees growing <laughs> growing yeah. out of them. So, you know, I, I didn't think any anything any further besides uh, I think that working with the Landmark Association, the Central West End Association, uh, the uh, old Alderwoman, who's not the Alderwoman for the area anymore, Heather but Heather Navarro, Navarro. Who recently Oh left. my gosh. Yeah. She was a great supporter, and uh, I think the person who's sitting in her place now is Michael Gross and uh, he he has called and said whatever I can do to continue the journey that Heather started I want to so to have people uh, in the area that are supportive you know uh, even when I'm over there taking pictures outside or just standing around praying (laughs) I have people in the community that come by and say oh my god I heard about that you want this to be the Gossip Music Hall of Fame we really want to see this happen Mm. so to get that type of excitement um it, it, it warms my heart. And so because it's so deep uh, to me, you know, I was uh, 16 years old when they did the first documentary film, Save Man Somebody, when I just sat on the front row watching my mom sing in the choir, watching my godmother, Zella Jackson Price, sing. And, uh, you know, just Willie Mae Forrest Smith. It was such a movie. If you've never seen the movie Save Man Somebody, anybody should watch it because it definitely goes in depth about the gospel music, um, history of gospel music. So there 
there is such a great history here. Um, but my understanding is there is already some sort of gospel hall of music, gospel music hall of fame in Nashville. What would yours have that isn't already being handled by what's in Nashville? So uh, Nashville has a gospel music association, and within their association, they have a gospel music hall of fame that they, you know, induct people into that particular hall of fame. So ours is more of a cultural arts and educational center and a state of the art soundstage studio, so that people can come in. And actually record. And so um, along with that, you could get married there. <laughs> you know, we have a beautiful courtyard at the church, you know, and um, and then a place to store our artifacts. We don't have that here at all in the world. <laughs> so, so the Nashville version, they're not, uh, you know, the sort of thing you might see at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I'm seeing Britney Spears jumpsuit. They're not doing that at the not, Nashville not, Hall of Fame. Not to that extent. Yeah. So uh, we will be doing that here in St. Louis and uh, the state of Missouri, I would say, because so many people are, in, are involved in bringing us their artifacts. We had someone last week call us from Atlanta uh, with uh, artifacts from the Claire Ward Singers, who is a phenomenal gospel group from years ago, you know, so um, we're just uh, pulling everything together so that we can store and uh, our artifacts and gospel music and preserve our history. And so it sounds like um, gospel music stars, people who are involved in this scene, people are longing for some sort of place that could both keep these things and, and also maybe show them off, teach teach this lesson to people who didn't grow up in that era. Absolutely. And then show the bridge. You know, uh, I, <laughs> I was being interviewed by a nice young man. I forget what magazine he was from. But he said, how do you all hire gospel artists to sing at funerals? And I said, pardon me? <laughs> no, I'm like, but he said he was at a funeral, and while he was at the funeral, the person got up and started singing this mm. gospel song, and he started getting goosebumps, and people started shouting and praising the Lord, and he looking, and he said, and I started crying, and I said, well, that's it. Gospel music reaches the soul, you know, and he said, well, I get it. So I invited him to church. <laughs> so you want to create that moment for people that who moment. maybe haven't set foot in a church where Absolutely. So it's for all. We're inclusive instead of exclusive. You know, we're trying to include all. Uh, I have a couple of al old albums here, and uh, it includes James Cleveland and Sandy Patty, who is, is Caucasian, you know. And here in St. Louis, I don't know if you know, we have an Asian gospel church. I did not know that. Absolutely. Uh, Asian Gospel Church right here in the city of St. Louis. And so gospel music, um, you know, I would say that one of our board members, and let me back up with your Nashville conversation, uh, one of our board members sat on the board with the Gospel Music Association. And at that time, she was telling me that, it was trying. To, it was almost like a separation. Like this is black gospel. This is folk gospel. This is contemporary gospel. So these different genres. Mm -hmm. So uh, of gospel music. And she said, no, you know. So they had this big voting process about it's just gospel music. You don't have country this and country that. It's just country music. So if you decide to sing gospel music, that's what you're doing. You're singing gospel music. It's not Asian gospel music or black gospel music. It's gospel music. Yeah. You know, so, so you're going to bring it all together. All together and show that unification. Absolutely. We have um, 
uh, historians from London that's on our board, uh, Carol Carol uh, Crawford Daniel uh, Danner, Carol Crawford Danner. Uh, she's from uh, London, England, and so she has an international gospel music summit that she puts on every year that I help her produce. And so she's bringing all these historians that talk about how mm-hmm. gospel music even started in London. We have a partnership with Nelson Mandela University, and we have a unity tour that's starting in April. April, we're going to uh, Nelson Mandela University in Africa. So we have people that are historians there that talk about gospel. That's bringing all this back to St. Louis. Yeah. So hopefully uh, our partnership with the Lawrence Group and also uh, PGAV, which is a national tourism company right here in St. Louis, they're working with us on the cultural arts side of things. So hopefully it'll be a tourism place that people can come from all over the country to see. So you have some, some big things you're working on that's even though this building is is not yet open like the mission is clear you're kind of you're walking that road already absolutely Absolutely. And, you know, I'm just hoping that the state and the city could get behind us 100 percent, you know, uh, and that means financially as well, you know, because a lot of our old schools, I'm born and raised here. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our old schools, our old churches are just they just being neglected, yeah. you know, and, and to be They may able, not survive that next fire, some of these buildings. They might not survive the next fire. You're absolutely right. And uh, that's what we don't want. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want another fire to come and now this is just totally demolished, you know. So uh, I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, we can't, I can't, of course, save all the buildings, but the one that we're trying to work on for this purpose, the Gospel Music Hall of Fame, a cultural arts and educational center. Uh, Center, along with having a state-of-the-art soundstage in it, um, will be something that will come to pass and we can get the support of the city. So you're looking at $22 million as, as a budget to get this, to get the building done, get this ready to open? That's that's Absolutely. the price tag? That's our capital fundraise. Okay, so and that's a decent amount of money right it's there. It's a decent amount of money, money, but I didn't think it up. I, I work with people like the Lawrence Group who understand the dollars they that's know needed. Budgets. Yeah. Exactly. And with, with things that they've done in the past, they know exactly what we need to to take us forward and to do it the right way. I don't want anything done shabby when it comes to this. I want it done right, and I want people to be able to enjoy it for, for years to come. We're talking today to Monica Butler. She's the founder of the Gospel Music Hall of Fame that's being planned for the Central West End, um, the historic Second Baptist Church. It survived that steeple fire, going strong, $22 million. You talked about needing support from the state, needing support from the city. Is that something the city, at this point, is is actively considering? Well, with help from radio stations like yourself, you know, us getting the word out, hopefully they will hear us. You know, yeah. the Business Journal, uh, the St. Louis Magazine, everybody is doing such a phenomenal job with covering this. So hopefully the legislatures, <laughs> the legislature could hear us and hear our cry and, and help us, uh, the development that they're doing in the, with the Del Mar Divine and all the Del Mar Main coming from the uh, loop all the way down to Vanderventer. We sit in that corridor. You are right there. We're really sitting in that corridor. So I'm like, don't forget about me. <laughs> you know. So that's that's what I'm asking for uh, the the city to step up. You know, I look. We know they got that Rams lawsuit money coming. That's right. You, they have the know? money these so, days. So let's let's come on and put some in these types of areas that will help. And 
and benefit our community. I remember uh, as a child also just walking down the street in the area, and we would hear the bells of that church. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it just calmed the area when you hear the bells every hour. They're going, the bells are not ringing anymore. We want the bells to ring again. You're going to bring those bells back. Oh, you're going to make me cry. (laughs) (laughs) I love this. Well, Monica, I think people are probably curious at this point. We've talked about this project, but in our final three minutes or so here, we need to talk just a little bit about you. You mentioned the Say Amen Somebody. This is this gospel music documentary. Uh, Part of it was filmed here in St. Louis. You got to watch that as a child. How did that end up sort of spurring your interest in film? Okay, so I'm a little nosy kid. So I'm sitting on the front row, and my mom made me sit on the front front row, you know, because she wanted to watch me and make sure I didn't run around the church, sit still, because if she put those eyes on me, oh yeah, I, I knew mama was going to get me. So I sat there on the front row, but they brought in all these cameras and these jibs, and it was just so impressive them filming the project. And so I'm sitting there as a kid, and I didn't figure this out until like 2017. We were doing a red carpet event at the Galleria. Um, They did a refurbishing of this movie and made it 4K. So I'm sitting watching with other people in the room, and I'm watching myself as a kid. Mm -hmm. And while I was watching myself, I say, what am I paying attention to? So all I could see is my eyes going up and coming down and going around. I said, I'm watching those cameras. And so to me, I was like, that's it. That's when I got the bug that I wanted to go into film and production. So I've traveled and done things with Tyler Perry Productions. I've worked on Jurassic World, The Butler. Um, I helped fight for the film tax credits in the state of Louisiana. And those were so, a huge success there huge for that state. Huge successes, absolutely. So I come back to St. Louis, uh, the state of Missouri, ready to fight. <laughs> you know, like, come on, y'all. We need to do this. We need to bring more films in. And I hear we used to have film tax credits here. Uh, so hopefully we could bring it back. But I can tell you, just like the fire will not stop us, the film tax credits won't either. I want them to pass, but we're moving forward. Yeah, your project is not dependent, on, not any dependent on any of that. You, we just want the, the help and the support of the state and the city. But I, I have su- such an unction for the people in the community that just people coming together will help make this work. Yeah, it's interesting to think about your life, how it all is kind of coming together in this project. You know, growing up, hearing hearing mm-hmm. the bells from this church, seeing your mother sing gospel, you know, this gospel documentary, it's all coming together in this project. Do you feel like this is truly your life's work at this point, is I to bring like this here? Is. I feel like it is. And the last thing I would add is I also worked in the industry of... Um, <laughs> and I don't want to say in the industry, but the neighborhood. I was a mail carrier for 15 years. So I also delivered mail in the area. So, so you know this house when by I house. Tell you, house by house. Wow. House by house. Neighborhood by neighborhood. You know, so so for me, it's, it's, it, it holds something dear. And, uh, and I just want to help bring that part back to life. Well, Monica Butler, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. And Monica is the founder of the Gospel Music Hall of Fame that's being planned for the Central West End. More information and to donate, mogospel.com. Now to go out of the show today, here's gospel legend and St. Louis and Willie Mae Ford Smith singing at Second Baptist Church. This is from the 1982 documentary, Say Amen, Somebody.
This episode was produced by Kayla Drake with audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.